0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: It comes down to can you play, can you perform, really. I was able to play, perform, because I'm going to have the locks. I'm going to have the gold teeth. I'm going to talk like I talk. I'm going to go and I'm going to hang with Uncle Luke. I'm going to hang with Tricky. I'm going to hang with everybody in Miami. And we're going to have fun, but I ain't drinking.
2: We're going to have that Miami-Florida State bet, too. So you answer your phone. Talking about me do answer my How phone. You How about you bet right now? 5000 Say bet. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just go visit youtube.com slash all things covered. So make sure you subscribe and turn on your alerts so you can get this show right away.
3: Pat, man, what are we going to cover on this episode? Man, Mac training first week of training camp is in the books. Mm -hmm. We have some updates to give you on school check-in. Plus, we got to tap into some major news out of the Olympics. And you don't want to miss our guest this week because Matt, You got to chop it up with this guy heading to Canton this week. One of the best all-around backs ever. Ever. He's from the crib. Not Pompano or Hollywood, but he's from Florida. He's
2: from South Florida. Edron James. Stay tuned. Yo, first quarter of the show. You guys know what time it is. Here's where we chop it up. Our chopping it up segment for this show, we're going to emphasize mental health. Valuing mental health as athletes. We've talked about this uh, in in past episodes. If you miss it, please go check the feed. We had some real important pieces, conversational pieces that we hit on as players, current players and former athletes. But big news coming from the Olympics, Tokyo, Simone Biles, some believes the best, greatest gymnast to ever, ever do a flip. She took herself out of the events. When you look at what she's been going through, clearly something that she's been battling that we had no idea was uh, a, a part of who she is as an athlete. It took advantage of her basically. You know, it won the battle and she understood how important it has been and because of that she decided to remove herself from the Olympics. When you look at athlete's perspective and how crucial uh mental health is, it should be treated the same way we treat physical health. And me and Pat P have talked about this before. Uh, this conversation was sparked, like I said, by Simone Biles. Uh, this is a statement coming from Simone. I choose not to continue continue team competition and jeopardizing losing a medal of any color for for the girls, U.S. Also for my own safety and health. Bao said she had twisties, something I never heard of before. Twisties, which is where you lose track of where you are while you're in the air. It's honestly uh, petrifying trying to do a skill, but not having your mind and body in sync. She also stated, I say, put mental health first, because if you don't, you're not going to enjoy your sport and you're not going to succeed as much as you want to. Like I said, she's considered the greatest gymnast of all time. Pat, Pete, hearing the news, I know I was shocked. Uh, it was surprising to me, but uh, what were
3: your first initial thoughts? I definitely was uh, taken back, you know what I mean? But like she said, re- mental health is a, real, is a real thing. You know what I mean? Especially, um, like you said, we, we have no idea what, what's going on, going on You know, at home, in our personal life. You know that stuff can weigh on you. You know, what I mean, especially having the the weight of the world's on your sh- on uh, the weight of the world on your shoulders. You know, and and we all know playing sports is almost eighty percent mental. Mm. So if you're not clear minded and, and, and not focusing on what you need to focus on to go out there and be your best, that can that can pay a toll on you. So, you know, I applaud her for you know acknowledging it. You know, coming out front of it. And, uh, and letting the world know that, you know, at the end of the day, she's human as well. You know, I know a lot of people look at athletes as superheroes, but at the same time, we're just good at what we do. We still have to go through a day-to-day life. We still have to deal with trials and tribulations, you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I, I commend Simone for, uh, you know, coming out front and and not, not willing to jeopardize winning a medal, medal or losing a medal to either put her in further... You know, mental health issues. So, you know, uh, command her for, you know, obviously seeing what the issue was and, and, and getting in front of it and also letting the world know that mental health is a real deal.
2: Pat, where do you think we are when it comes to sports and accepting sports society when it comes in terms of accepting and embracing mental health? Um, Because, you know, there are a lot of people that are saying that, you know, Simone should fight through it. Uh, She should be able to, uh, you know, handle and control this situation and still go out and compete for her country. Uh, But then we're we're seeing a lot of people that are embracing the honesty she's been able to display and encouraging her to go get the help that she needs. Where do you where do you think we are in society when it comes to embracing and supporting uh, these type of
3: issues that we may hear from mega superstars in their professional sports? Um, I, I definitely embrace her as well. It's almost like this. Put it this way, Mac. So, say for instance, you was a, a regular Joe Blow, right? And you got you got a home. Um, obviously, we have bills, and you're not able to meet those bills. That's mental health to the normal society,
0: yeah. because
3: at the end of the day, that dwells and weighs on you. Because mm-hmm. now you're trying to figure out how the heck I'm going to make this happen, and you can't make it happen. And next thing you know, now you're out of a home. Now you now you can't supply some of the needs that you need. It's the same thing. It's pressure. So, yes, it's pressure because now if you have kids, that's more pressure. You know what I mean? If you if you have uh you know how how disappointing would it be? to come to your kids and be like, no, we just got evicted or we can't make this bill happen this week or because your kids are looking up to you. Yep. You know, I mean? At the end of the day, as a parent, you're like a superhero to your kids. And as athletes, we're superheroes to the world. So at the end of the day, we are all human beings. So who are you to say fight through it, Simone? You have no idea what she's going through. Exactly.
2: Sweep around your own front door. Before you try to sweep around mine. (laughs) Well, I can tell you this much. We applaud uh, Simone for being honest and um, putting herself first. That's the most important thing that we have to emphasize. She decided to put her well-being first over the country, over a medal, over winning, you know what I mean, competition. So we have to applaud her because so many times athletes, they put everything else before themselves. especially when it comes to mental health. So we applaud her, and we hope nothing but the best for her going forward. Now, big, big part of our show. Fans love it. You love it. We all love it, especially right now because the NFL training camp is here. Training camp 2021 is here. And here's where we get the ultimate check-in in in our school check-in. Skull check in time with our very own Pat P. They're in training camp. The Vikings just finished their, what, first week? Not full week, but the first week of training camp, to say the least. Uh, Some important things have happened. The guys are getting out on the grass, doing a pretty good job. People are getting better. Players are getting better. Coaches are getting better. Uh, First few takeaways, Pat P, when you look at being on the grass with your new team out in Minnesota.
3: And it's fun, man. You know, it just feels like, like I said earlier before, when we was in spring and uh, going through mini camps, you know, it just feels like a fresh breath of air. A lot of the guys are are willing to put that work in each and every day to help us reach that ultimate goal. You know what I mean? So, you know, we had a Saturday night practice last night, which was phenomenal. Uh, a lot of fans came out and showed up, had the fireworks at the end of the, uh, at the end of the deal, it was just a great atmosphere, you know what I mean? So uh, I feel like God put me in the perfect position, you know, at the right time. Because, one, I always wanted to wear seven, and I yep. got the opportunity to wear seven. I wouldn't have been able to do it if I was at the other team because, you know, I would have to pay so much money because mm-hmm. I'm one and all that stuff. And I'm back in that purple, man. I just feel like I'm home. You know, I just, it just feels good to be here with these guys, strapping up, the uh, lacing up the cleats with these guys and going to work with these guys each and every day. Yeah. And one of the
2: the, the, the the bright spots, young bright spots on the defensive side has been Cam Dantzler. Uh, you know, talk about the wisdom you're sharing with him and what you've seen from Cam so far in training camp.
3: Uh, you know, Cam is, you know, he, he he he's finally getting back into the groove. You know what I mean? He missed pretty much all OTAs, minicamp. Uh, I can't tell you what the injury was, but, you know, wasn't really able to be out there with us throughout OTAs and minicamp. But, you know, seeing him finally get his legs back up under him, seeing him. Pete and it's a beautiful thing. You know, now it's just all about just, just showing them the ropes on how to understand what's coming to them before it happens. You know what I mean? Stop, you know, mm-hmm. as corners, as young corners too, we think we have to cover everything. You don't. Read the formation, read the uh, the receiver splits, and it's going to talk to you. You just have to open your eyes and, uh, and listen with your eyes. As hard as weird as that may sound, you have to listen to your eyes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sometimes your eyes can get you in trouble, but that's obviously within routes and stuff like that. But If you understand the grand scheme of things or what teams are trying to do to you and what what position you need to be in to to help the defense succeed, you're going to be better off and you're going to be able to help us in the long run. So, you know, for the most part, just, you know, just just talking with them, just making sure he understands splits, understand, you know, field position. That's really huge. Understand down and distance. You know what I mean? Uh, Understanding when you're in the slot. You know, if if we're playing a a certain coverage and it forces you to be inside, understand where your help is. Mm -hmm. It's just things like that that I'm able to share with him and he's definitely taking it uh, with, uh, and run it with it for sure.
2: Well, another bright spot on the offensive end is another second year player in Justin Jefferson. And I know you've been raving about his ability throughout many camps and OTAs, but you guys have been having some nice battles, back and forth battles. Uh, tell us a bit about what you're learning from Justin and how much you appreciate who he is as a football player and the the, the level
3: of growth he has been able to showcase in this short amount of time in his career. Man, nothing has changed since I talked about him when we first started talking about him. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a, a kid that gets it. You know, he comes in and work every day, professional about his business. He's a pro about his business. You know, uh, you know, he's he's just a guy that gets it, man. He's just gonna be a, a good one for a very, very long time. And I'm excited to to finally be reunited with him because, like I said, last time I saw Justin, like really spending time with him when he was about 12 years old and yeah. to see what he has become is uh remarkable.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And talking about the wide receiver position, unfortunately, you had a huge injury. A season-ending injury to BC Johnson reportedly tore his ACL last Friday during Friday's practice. Any wide receivers you've noticed that potentially could step up and 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 play have a role in this offense knowing that Johnson could will
3: be out for the entire season? Um obviously, you know we got D Westbrook that we got from Jacksonville yep. who's looking really good. Um, you know he's getting back into the uh, to, to the thick of things. He really haven't been out there yet because he's he was dealing with some injuries. Uh, uh, uh you know before we signed him, so you know he's rehabbing and, and getting his legs back up under him. I think that's a great veteran signing for us. Mm-hmm. My man, uh, uh, Amir, um, who's a young receiver, um, who who's been doing. We call him Maserati. You know he's a little he's a fast thing, man. He he got, I mean, no doubt about it. He can take okay. the top off defenses for sure. And uh, for the most part, the group is very solid. You know, the group is very solid. Obviously, Adam and, and, and Justin is a, you know, is the is the, are the main culprit of the uh, of the receiver core. But you know, we got a lot of depth everywhere. You know what I mean? So it, it's exciting to see these young guys uh, finally, you know, earn their stripes and have an opportunity because that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously. You know, Johnson goes down. That's a big, you know, uh, big bang to the to the team. But at the same time, you know, now here's your opportunity, young fella. What you gonna do with it?
2: No question. And one play I know has been making some noise. Uh, I talked about leading up to training camp, Irv Smith. I think Irv Smith is going to have a huge, huge uh, big year, uh, fantasy year as well. And I, I'm hearing he's been doing some real good things. You talked about, you know, the night practice uh, this past Saturday, you know, was a big event. A lot of fans were there. A lot of fans were there. Your first time to get a chance to see uh, the Viking, Skull Nation, there supporting you guys. Uh, but you did have some issues, you know, not on the field related, COVID related. Uh, how can Concerning is it to see what happened this past Saturday practice when you lose three quarterbacks and you had to go uh, out there with Jake Brownie who played took every um, rep is what I'm what, what, from what I'm from what I heard, uh-huh. you know, how alarming and concerning is that multiple players at one position he had to sit out. You know, first of all,
3: Jake came to play. Played pretty good? No doubt about it. I mean, Jake was throwing dimes all over the place. He stepped into the plate. And when his number was when his number was called, he answered. He answered mm-hmm. the bell, and that's what it's all about by having yes. great depth. You know what I mean? Um, you know, obviously, we don't want to have anybody go down with COVID. You know, it's better to have it now. Hopefully, it don't ha- it doesn't happen again yeah. throughout the season. But at the same time, Mac, like I always said, man, we need all hands on deck. You got and to. If and I know it's it's personal preference, but if you try to win a championship, I want to put myself in the best position possible. Period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we got a, we got something going here, man. And, and, and at the end of the day, we can't. I don't want to be, you know, you know. Obviously, you want to build depth, but you have a greater chance by winning with your starters on the field. You hands
2: down, I mean? hands down. And Pat, we've been saying this all
3: summer long. It's not always the best team to win a championship. It's the it's healthiest healthy. team. No doubt about it. And yeah. I feel that if we're healthy, we're going to compete each and every Sunday. You know, yeah. so you know what I mean. So. You know, obviously, like I said, it's 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 every per it's every player's personal preference if they want to get the back the vaccine or not. But you know, like me, like I feel like I'm too important to this team not to get vaccinated, and not miss an important game, and now we possibly lose that game. And we can be that can be the game that we needed to get into the playoffs. No question. No I mean, question. Or imagine if
2: you have to forfeit a game okay. in the playoffs. That's even worse. Let's think about that. People are talking about regular season activity. What about teams that get into the postseason and there are a lot of guys that are not, like you say, it's a personal, you know, preference. But what what happens if you know you have to forfeit a playoff game? I
3: think, think about that. I think, yeah, I think what the biggest problem is, you know, you know, being around the guys. I think the NFLPA is not doing a great job of educating us. Educating, yep. It's a bunch of unknown, you know what I mean? And I think that's the biggest problem right now.
2: Sure, you remember, Pat, I said last week the NFLPA has been solid when it came to to all the new uh, protocols. I haven't heard the NFLPA say anything to back some of the players. And I can tell you, you know, Coach Zimmer had a statement. He said he was frustrated uh, with not just my football players who won't get vaccinated. I'm frustrated with everyone. Uh, More from Zimmer, he said, it's why people should get vaccinated. Something like this happens a day before the game that has a chance to get you into the playoffs or something like that. This Delta variant is rough. You can see the cases going up every single day now. That's why for for the sake of for the sake of everybody's health, I think it's important. But some people don't understand. it, And like you said, they don't get it. You know, and so it's about being uh, educated, understanding what's going on, because this could be concerning. During the regular season, and it definitely could be concerning during the playoffs. No doubt about it. We're almost at halftime. And guys, remember, on the opposite side of half, the Hall of Fame is coming up this weekend. And we got a guy that will be inducted into the Hall from the Indianapolis Colts. Spent some time in Arizona. Spent a short time in Seattle. Ezra and James will be joining us, so make sure you stay tuned. But before we get to halftime, we got to check in and what's going on throughout the NFL, around the league. Well, that man they call a bad man, the people's champ, State Farm champ. He's back. Aaron Rodgers reported to camp last week. Uh, the reaction, you know, you that's that's a division of folk. And Pat, you know, this is your first time in that division. But, you know, they don't like you guys. You guys don't like them. What were, the, what were your initial reaction uh, hearing Aaron Rodgers? Report it back to the Packers.
3: Um, Honestly, I didn't have any reaction at all. You know, uh, obviously you want to play every team at their best, you know what I mean? So I'm happy Aaron's back in football. Uh, It probably would have been weird not seeing him, you know, under the center in Green Bay. But, you know, I'm happy that they was able to resolve uh, some of those uh, issues. But to my point, what we talked about two weeks ago, just be real. Let's not mm. beat around the bush. Like you if, you, said it. if you told this man something, be a man to stand by your word. And that was his whole frustration. You know what I mean? If You know, Aaron, he's, he's a franchise quarterback. three of the best to ever do it. Yeah, three-time league MVP. You know, been to the NFC Championship, what? The last two seasons? I, I can remember for sure. I think it's the last two seasons. Last two seasons? Yep. Like, why is he not involved? And if you tell him this, then go back on your word and don't, and don't and don't uh, honor your word, how you gonna think that makes him feel?
2: Man, you talked about that last week, you know, in great regard. And some fans may take it the wrong way. And like I said, it's nothing to do with the fan base. Right. It's not about the the fan base. You you didn't have an issue. Yes, you love the (laughs) fans. It's nothing to do... Uh, With the fans, it's about management. It's about certain individuals that handle the day-to-day operations. And Aaron had an in-depth press conference where he just put everything out there on wax. He put it all out on wax, like literally the issue. It wasn't about the fans. It wasn't about the players. It It was about the miscommunication and not standing up to what they said they would do. Make it clear he hasn't been involved in free agency, draft, coaching decisions, anything like that. And one thing that I appreciate, when we had Kirk Cousins on the show, Kirk told us that the staff let it made it known to him that they will take a quarterback at some point in time. That's up front. That's, that, that's all you can ask for. That's You're a our franchise quarterback. We respect you. This is what we might do. Right. It's not just about that with Aaron Rodgers. It was other things, but just the communication, the lack thereof, led him to want to be elsewhere. They basically forced him out. They did a sloppy job in handling the best player they have at that franchise.
3: Yes, sir. What was the difference of me saying what I said than Aaron saying what he said? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. But you got fans talking about, I'm bashing the the organization, I'm doing this. How? I'm speaking the truth of what happened throughout the process, and I felt disrespected, just as Aaron Rodgers felt disrespected. Yeah. And that's the thing that
2: fans have to get. They have to understand and be able to distinguish the two. It's not about you players have an issue with. It's mm-hmm. the business side of things. It's no different for you individuals that are listening to us or watching us on YouTube. When you have an issue with your employer, you still like your coworkers. Right. You still like the people that support the brand. You don't have an issue with the co-workers. You don't have an issue with the people that support the brand that you're working under. You have an issue with the powers that be. That's right. two different situations. But you never, Aaron Rodgers right. never said, I don't like the Packer fans. Right. You never said, oh, I know. You didn't want to leave because they treated right. you like royalty. They treated you like family. That the a community. You even said that. Exactly. I love the community. I love everything. You have
3: your foundation out there and everything like that. Right, look, everything about it is at the end of the day. Why would I have an issue with a fan who I feel that's supporting me? That's like, the I thing. Have an issue. That's the thing. That's that's what you know,
2: and some fans get it and some fans don't. Right. You know, some fans feel like, oh, you know, you were being salty. No, you were just I'm, being I'm real that's
3: what was I was, expressing I'm, how you feel. Exactly. Oh, I'm whining or this, that. How am I whining? I'm speaking yeah. facts. 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 Aaron Rodgers spoke
2: facts. Facts. Right. That's it. Exactly. He spoke facts. When you see a lot of disgruntled players that are trying to make things happen in their career, it's not because they're whining. They're, they're, they're fed up because they've been fed so much that mm-hmm. hasn't happened. Oh, right. we're going to do this. We're going to let you do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And then when it comes time to stand up, they don't stand up. So no you question. What they do, they turn their shoulder. They turn their shoulder. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I can tell you this much when, you, when it comes to the betting side of things, Now, with Aaron Rodgers back in the fold with Green Bay, the odds to win the NFC North, the Packers, they're minus 150, the Vikings are plus 250, uh, Bears plus 475, and the Lions are plus 2,500. And like you said, Pat P., y'all got a real good team right now. It's going to be a real sticky division. I think it's safe to say it's a two-team division right now. Granted, what we know when you look at the rosters, anything can happen, but we have to wait and see. The Vikings will play the Packers in Week 11, in week 17, and I think one of those games, they're prime time, if I'm not mistaken. I right. think it's prime time. And other news around the league, Madden, video game I used to dominate people in. I used to dominate Pat P in it as well. They released their top 10 rankings uh, per position. The cornerback list came out. Uh, the top ranking cornerback was Jalen Ramsey. He had a 99, Gilmore 97, Jair Alexander 95, Trey, Trey White 93. Do you pay attention to the cornerback to the rankings and for matting anymore i know when once upon a time used to be heavily involved but do you pay attention to the cornerback rankings when it comes to the matting ratings with players honestly matt i can
3: give two sugar honey iced tea two not one two, two. because at the end of the day it's all through daisy and those guys who are rated high rightfully so they deserve that mm-hmm. i got all pro in 2012 led uh second in league and in, uh in picks and in, in, in thirteen, I was uh, eighty five. Fifteen in my two thousand fifteen <laughs> 2015 year, two I was rated in the league, mm-hmm. two uh, a top cornerback in the league. It was only two players that could make all pro, and I was still rated as a ninety two. Yeah, so man, just <laughs> man, just ain't really been rocking with you. No, not at all. So I don't, I don't play the video game anyway. Mm-hmm. I like that the game is still going. I'm, I love that I'm getting my royalties from it. Yeah, at, at the end of the day. I can kill us.
2: No question. Notable Vikings, Davin Cook, he was 95. Michael Pierce, 91. Harrison Smith, 90. Uh, so you had quite. Eric Kendricks was 90 as well. So it is what it is. But I can tell you this much. There are a lot of players that are fired up because their ratings are not what they would like it to be. And they I, make it. You I, know. I
3: won't even worry about that crap,
2: man. It's a video game. We play We play it in real life. No question. That's all that matters. What you do
3: in real life? Put it on wax, man. No question. I don't even, like I said, I don't, even, I don't play the game. You know why? Because I play it in real life. I play <laughs> that in real life. No
2: question. No, <laughs> question. no question. No question. Well, it's time to go to break for us. It's halftime. But on the other side of the break, we'll be joined by future Hall of Famer in a few days, Edwin James.
0: Stay tuned. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
2: All things covered, listeners and viewers, we back once again, Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, and we will continue our gold jacket tour. Last week's episode, you guys got a chance to hear from a living legend, a guy who will be inducted in the Hall of Fame in early August, and Coach Bill Cower. This week, we got another living legend who will be inducted into the Hall, an outstanding high character individual, but he went to the wrong school, went to the University of Miami, Other than that, he's a stand-up guy, but he just happened to go to the wrong school. Fourth overall pick in the 1999 NFL Draft, and this man won rookie of the year. Took the league by storm, first day on the yard. Two-time first-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Pro Bowler, 2000s All-Decade team, and a Pro Football Hall of Famer. We got a bunch of flowers to give him, and we will give them to him on this show. Edrin James joining me here, all things covered. EJ man thank you for joining me. How you feeling?
1: What's up my boy, everything good, but I, like the intro, you know, you gotta understand man, y'all like our little brothers, you That's know, the- Florida State. Y'all look up to us, everything y'all do, we've done. Okay, so let's let's do this right. So we said the right school, just, let's, let's go say, hey, I understand the little brother want to be bigger than the big brother and you got your time right, but not with us. All right, all right. You, don't do, you, that. Don't you do that. that. You see that
2: jersey behind me, and you know what? In a few months, in a few months, when college football kick off, I got your number. You got my number. You guys gotta come to Tallahassee, and we and we gonna just you know put a nice little nice little dinner on the line or something like that. Nice little wager.
1: Man, look, man, you are. Listen, man, y'all ain't ready. You know it. <laughs> Boy, I call you. You're not gonna answer. We already know how this thing going to play out. So let it come on. We're going to see. Y'all are boys to us right now. You know that. I know that. We know that. But. It's all good. Like, it's okay, man. I'll be room for my little brother anytime.
2: <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Hey, that's the fun rivalry between Miami and Florida State. It's everlasting. It's not going anywhere. But I can tell you this much, EJ, man. We can't take credit for this, but we like it so much, we'll use it today to describe our conversation. As your YouTube channel calls calls it, and you have an outstanding YouTube channel, man. You guys, make sure you go follow my guy on his YouTube page. The story of gold teeth to gold jacket. And I love that you've been putting out some quality content. And speaking of gold jacket, you will be going into the Hall of Fame next month with your former quarterback, Peyton Manning. Uh, And you also will attend the same Colts game in September uh, to get your Hall of Fame ring. What does it mean to enter the Hall of Fame with a guy you share so much success with, especially there in Indianapolis?
1: You know, like the icing on the cake, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like I think anybody would say just to be in the Hall of Fame it's a whole nother level. You know, it's like, you know, we play this game. We start out at seven, eight years old, we play organized ball. And if you look at the parks, it's filled with kids. But as you go up, you know, it gets tougher and tougher, you know, and then once you get to the NFL, you know, you're playing with the best of the best and to actually become a hall of famer, you know, that's a whole another level with just the, within the game itself. So when there's a chance to become a hall of famer, that's, 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 that's big enough. And then all of a sudden when you say, okay, now I get to go in with my man, you know, that's the icing on the cake, you know, it's like, hey, they didn't make this thing too sweet. You know what I'm saying? Like we turned a negative into a positive, like we couldn't go last year, but now you got double trouble. You know, you got 18 and 32 coming through at the same time. So you already know how the Midwest were out.
2: No question. And speaking of, you know, uh, being
1: inducted into the hall, who will be presenting you uh, of, uh, during the ceremony? For me, I told the owner of the team, you know, it's like, like I told Mr. Ursay
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: Erce is the man, you know, he's always, you know, he, you know, he's the one that put all this stuff together. They really got behind it. And I think uh, it's a, it's a nice gesture and it means a lot to me. And I'm quite sure it means a lot to him, you know, because, you know, as a, when you, when you go out and play ball, you know, you play for these owners or you play for these different teams, but you don't really have a relationship. Yeah. But, we have a relationship. We have a different type of relationship. And that's somebody who, who've always taken care of myself and took care of many players that he just really, you know, brought into his organization. You know, so it's one of those things where you gotta respect it. You know, I got I respect it and I think it's only it's the right thing to do. And for me, it's a no-brainer. No
2: doubt, no doubt. So let's go back in time, EJ. You know, I'm a Florida boy, so I've heard of a before. But there are a lot of people who've never heard of a mock. Uh, for those that may have never heard of a Mockley, tell us a little bit about uh, where you grew up at.
1: Well, Mockley is a special place. You know, if you never heard of it, you know it's like a gold mine, It's like a place that like it really tests you. You know, it's one of the um, it's one of the poorest cities in the state of Florida. It's one of the poorest places in the country. But if you make it out of there, you know, it's so you can make it anywhere. You know, but it's one of the places I take pride in because we didn't have all the resources. We didn't have everything that other players have. Which great me which gave me a great appreciation for things, you know. And then once I was able to leave, you know, I I, I looked back on my roots and look back on all the things that that it took to get there. And that's what made the place even more special.
2: Yeah, and then speaking of a Pat P's uh current teammate, McKenzie Alexander. He's from Mockley as well. So you guys been known to put out big time ballers uh, at a consistent rate. And they're still doing the same thing right now, currently there in Mockley. Speaking of the resources or the lack thereof, you know, how did that change your, your purpose? You know, growing up in a very, very tough environment, not having a lot of resources, not having a lot of options, you know, how did that change your purpose?
1: Well, your purpose remains the same, you know, but it your appreciation is different, mm-hmm. you know, things that other people may overlook. You know, I don't overlook because, you know, this is, it's a big deal to me. You know, that's one thing that that I got a greater appreciation for the things that I had access to or, you know, I don't care if it's even taking a trip or if it's somebody doing something nice for you. You know, some people, they was used to people doing things for them. You know, I'm not used to that. You know, so when somebody do something for me, it means a lot. You know, when somebody opens a door for me, it means a lot because I know a lot of, people that I grew up with they didn't have that opportunity or it's it's not something that we even put in our mind to even think that's even that's possible so those are things that really stand out
3: and
2: and speaking of things that that stood out you know throughout your career not professional career but early on you know collegiate career you were known not just to be a a dominant running back but a guy that fit the Florida mode you know for us we're we used to seeing the gold fronts. We're used to seeing the locks, the skinny ones, the, the, the thick ones. That's part of our culture. But for the national presence, they weren't used to seeing that. So how important was it for you to stay true to your image, even though some people may look at it in a, in a different light? Some people felt like it could have hurt uh, your, the perception of who you were as a player, but you stayed true to that. How important was that for
1: you? You know, it, it was very important. You know, but at the same time, you have to remember, man. Let's break everything down. What What are we here for? You know, we're here to play ball. So all the everything, the bells and whistles, is all a lot of rah rah rah, a lot of you know, it's white noise. You know, if you can play, you can play, and that's one mm-hmm. thing I could play. So I knew that I could play. I had the confidence to play. So why do all this extra stuff? Or why get away from who I am when I understand what is really about, it's really about playing ball. You know, of I think um, they don't, a lot of players and a lot of people, they really don't understand that, that I don't care what you look like, you know? I don't think in this business, it's a, it's a place where racism or where you come from or how you speak or anything, it comes down to can you play, can you perform? Really, when you break it all the way down, you know? And I was able to play, perform, because I'm going to have the locks. I'm going to have the gold teeth. I'm gonna talk like I talk, and I'm not there trying to be at this press conference. I'm not trying to be in nobody's face. So when somebody get me, they lucky to say, okay, yeah, I did that interview. Or I did because I'm not, <laughs> interested in that. I'm not interested in that. You know, I'm here to play ball, no and question. I kept, I kept it what it was. It was about no business, question. about playing ball, and anybody that keeps it like that, they'll get a better understanding of how this whole thing worked. And correct me if I'm wrong, Edge. I think
2: you're the first person, the first Hall of Famer that will have their, their statue of their face molded with dreadlocks. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think there's another Hall of Famer in the
1: Hall that has their statue with dreads. I think you might be the first, right? Well, I'm the first one to come through and just like be me too. You know, it's like you gotta remember this. This game has evolved. You know, it's it's a great game and it has evolved, but business forced it to evolve because. Yeah. When you look on the parks, you look at the high school players, you look at the college players, you know, they are who they are. And, and as a culture, we're opening up. We're, we're getting more comfortable with being ourselves. And on the other side, they're doing business. Like, they don't give a, they don't care what you look like as long as you can perform, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about because at the end of the day, it's about bottom line. This is not the Army or Navy where you have to be a clean cut. You have to look a certain way. It's about what can you do you know and so i understood it at an early age and now it everybody's understanding it you know it's like you kind of open the doors you know you, you know you say oh yeah you're the first person with this i'm not gonna be the last person with it you know no question no but the door is open now you know it's like people gonna be be coming through that thing you know rocking locks rocking all the different things that they deem as themselves you know more people are being themselves and the league is adjusting to it, you know what I'm saying? So everybody's getting hip. The owners are getting hip. Everybody's getting hip. You know, we brought a lot of flavor. You know, know how we brought that flavor to to Florida State? We brought flavor to y'all. That's how we did it, you know? We forced it, you know what I'm saying? And we made y'all kind of, you know, we made y'all kind of, um, kind of duplicate what we do.
3: No, 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 no. no, no.
2: So you talk about flavor. We had the ultimate flavor guy in prime time, Deion Sanders. So you talk about brought flavor. No, 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 no. You know, you know, primetime was a trendsetter in hey, the late 80s in Tallahassee. So don't do that, EJ. Don't do that, edge. That's, that's one guy. That's the, that's, that's the, guy. that's the best guy you can have. That's
1: the, that's the number hey, one guy. And hey, that's one guy. And he's from the 239 area, you know what I'm saying? So, so we yes, grew sir. A party. But we talking about as a whole, you look at the University of Miami, the way we do things, the way we did it. Y'all started doing it. You know what I'm saying? You know it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, switch your pride to the side, y'all. <laughs> We the big dogs. <laughs> we, we we Hey,
2: we go see, but I can't tell you this. You guys did some big time things in Miami. And speaking of Miami, uh, let's go to, to the Bush Davis tenure. I mean, when you were at Miami, that was pretty much in the beginning of Bush Davis, uh, turning that program around. You helped set the foundation uh, for the dominance in the early 2000s. But how would you rate the state of the program when you
1: first got there? Well, you know, you get to the program and you got to understand The things that the program goes through. That's what everybody will understand with the University of Miami. The University of Miami, every time it was down, it went through something. You know, when we went through, right before Butch, Butch had to build that program back up, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, I, I think everybody would agree the best football players come from the state of Florida and South Florida put out the best youth programs, the best high school. And if they put out the best youth programs and the best high school programs, if those guys don't leave the state, it would translate to the best college programs, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And that's what ended up happening. People coming started coming down and plucking our guys and getting our guys. But we went through, you know, the suspensions and the limited resources and the limited scholarships. So that's what really hurt our program. You know, other than that, you wouldn't see those guys go to the Alabamas and go to all those other schools because they'll be home, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they know. But, you know, things got a little rough down there and that, that's every time you see the University of Miami take a dip, it's because of sanctions or because we're going through something, yeah. you know, and, and that's what usually happens. And
2: I can tell you this much. You you definitely were were a vocal uh, a player in the turnaround because I remember coming up in high school, you know, Miami was like, ah, you know, they, were, they weren't they were that consistent, dominant program. And then Butch came and you came. And I can tell you one thing that kind of turned the program around. And you may agree, you may disagree with me, but I was at this game, that UCLA game, where you were just putting a video game-like numbers. It was so easy for you. The second-to-last game in a Hurricane uniform, you had 39 carries for 299 yards, three touchdowns to beat, at that time, UCLA, who was ranked third in the country. What do you remember about that game, and how did that elevate your stardom, not only at Miami, but nationally? Well, I think it's
1: it's one of those things where it's like the opportunity. You know, it's where if guys don't get suspended... You know, if guys don't get suspended and everybody has a play, now I'm getting my same amount of carries. Mm -hmm. I'm still the same person. You know, I'm still the same person. I'm still the same back. I'm going to test the way I test, you know, when it comes to the NFL. You know, you can't take my hands away. You can't take nothing I've done away. But at the same time, you have to understand that, you know, the opportunity was presented. And I seized the moment. You know, I took advantage of it. Only because at the same time, like, the player doesn't change. It's just the situation change, you know? And at the University of Miami, you know, any time you're at the University of Miami, that way we have so many good backs because everybody gets to play. You know, it's not one thing where we have this dominant running back and he carries all the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. he carries the ball all the time. And that's what everybody don't understand. You know, like, when you look at it, like, we share the ball. We make sure we spread the ball out. And we make sure we spread the ball around. yeah. And that's the only difference, you know, because if I would have been getting those carries during the season, you would have been known about myself, you know. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you know, if, if this the way the program runs, if this is the system we're, that we're in, you can't do nothing about that. So it's just a situation where, okay, you know, preparation, opportunity meets. They're going to call you lucky they're going to call you this and that but you got to be that guy to be to run the ball 30 something times <laughs> 39 know? yeah you got you got to be you got to be that dog so for me it was like shit damn about time i get a chance to run the <laughs> ball. you know what i'm saying like yeah about time i ain't got to split this thing you know what i'm saying so now it's where okay now everybody get a chance to see it it's like y'all been in the dark but in hindsight that helped me that helped me because I never took a toll on my body, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I only played twenty yeah. some college football games. I didn't play a lot of fo- lot of college football games. Wow! You know? And that helped me, you know. You got, you know, during during the whole thing, you know, it was a comparison between myself and Ricky Williams. Mm-hmm. That was never a personal comparison with me or him. It was everybody just doing their job. Yeah. Then I played forty some games. I only played twenty some games. Mm. You know. A running back only has so many carries in their body, you know, it doesn't uh-huh. matter but So when you start breaking everything down, you start breaking, you start looking at it and say, okay, dang, this kid legit, he can do everything. Cause I could always do everything. But you know, I didn't get a chance to prove it. You know what I'm saying?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And speaking of the games you played in over 20, you had 497 total carries. So yeah, definitely you jumped into the NFL fresher than some of exactly. your contemporaries at the running back position.
1: Younger and fresher. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, so it takes, I mean, it, it, it's not one of those things where it's like, you know, can you do it? Cause shit, you know, I can do it, mm-hmm. but I wasn't put on display. You know what I'm saying? So I finally got a chance to get put on display and shit, you know, you know, one thing you know about a Miami hurricane, we know about a moment, we're still a show, you know, we'll sit up there and say, hey, shit, this is our opportunity, we take pride in that. You know what I'm saying? So that was hey. like going into that game, knowing that, like, hey, this is your opportunity. You see so, the moment. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. Because the player is the player. I'm going to I run what I run. I run how I run. I ain't do nothing different.
2: Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, real quick.
2: Numbers wise, you had four hundred and what, ninety seven total carries. Ricky Williams had over a thousand carries. He had a lot of wear and tear. On his body, just before he got to the National Football League. So big time point uh, coming from you, EJ. So you got drafted in 1999. You were fourth overall, as you stated. But the year before, the same team, the Colts, they drafted Peyton Manning first overall. Uh, Do you remember the first time you met Peyton Manning and what were your impressions of him when you met him?
1: Well, like um, me and Peyton actually had this story. You know, like I was getting recruited by agents during the whole process, you know, so. You know, part of the recruiting process, the agent had me come to Madison Square Garden, go to a Knicks play, a Knicks Pacers playoff game. Yeah. And I'm so happy sitting behind Peyton Manning, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not knowing it's going to be my teammate, mm-hmm. you know, but he on the third row, I'm on the fourth row or something like that, we had the game. Yeah. And so I don't really know this dude or whatever, then I'm not, you know, now we kind of prideful down there, you know, at the U, we like, man, we ain't stepping to this dude, like, hey, what's up <laughs> or what, you know? So, I don't say nothing to him. Yeah. You know, I'm just there and I just like, dang, I'm behind Peyton, man. It's cool. We're watching the next game. I'm getting recruited by these agents. And then fast forward, you know, four or five months from there, or two, three months, whatever This playoffs till the draft, that's my teammate now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's where the whole thing comes. Like we have, like, we had this conversation going from there and he's like, hey man, why don't you say something to me? You know, like, that ain't my style. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But now it's become my teammate and we go to work and we go to be brothers forever. So that was actually pretty cool.
2: No question. And talking about going to work, EJ, I mean, your rookie year, you jumped up the porch, running. You wasn't crawling, you wasn't walking, you was running out the gate. Uh, in, in the NFL, you had two 100-yard performances uh, on the way to 1,500 yards, the Russian title, Rookie of the Year. Why did things click so quickly for you? And what, what and were those numbers like the success, was that, you were expecting that type of success early on in your career?
1: You know, you know, it's one of those things where like, first of all, you're going to a team that was three and 13. Mm-hmm. So nobody expected that, but you linking up Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, everybody hungry, everybody working, and the missing piece to the puzzle is the back that can do it all. You know, So I come in a situation where I'm the missing piece to the puzzle because everybody else steady improving, working on their game. And so, you know, you go through and you you have this success, you do all those things, but you got to remember where I'm coming from. I'm expecting to have success. You know, this the NFL thing was easy to me. You know, it was like it's a game. You know, all this thing is a running back. It's always been a game, you know? And like, I was, you know, I was born to be a running back. The way I'm built up is a running back. You know what I'm saying? A running back or linebacker, that's one or the other, you know? So when I go through and I play the game, it's a piece of cake for me. And now we all link together and everybody's strengths come get being put on display.
2: Man, listen, and listen, and that's the thing about how well you performed because that was a bad team, like you said. I mean, back-to-back years, they had top five selections. The first overall when they got Peyton, fourth when they got you. So clearly they were going in the wrong direction, and you guys basically changed it with the blink of an eye. And you just set the foundation of being able to establish a balanced attack on the offensive end. And when you look at during your early career in the National Football League, you had a lot of outstanding running backs. You know what I mean? You had a lot of guys that can tote the rock. Uh, But when you look at what you were able to do, uh, there's a rumor that you kept the list of the top 20 rushes in in your sidekick at that time. And remember, back in the day, sidekicks were the hot thing. Everybody got iPhones now, but sidekicks were the hot thing. How
1: much did records motivate you? Well, you know, like, I think even to this day, like, you have to measure yourself. Mm -hmm. I measure my Every day, I don't care. It's like, I don't care if a person doing personal training and they're trying to get their weight down or if a person trying to get their financials good. You need measuring sticks. Measuring sticks is what move us, you know? And so for me, it's like, if I'm coming to a game and this is the best, I need to see everybody that's the best, you know? And see what they're doing. See how they go study everybody. And that's one thing I did. Like, I don't, I don't take it lightly, you know? It's like, I respect everybody, you know? And out of respect you got to sit up there and study everybody. You know, you mm-hmm. got to set up time to study them. Okay, if you want to be a good business person, you say, okay, these are the guys that I'm, you know, always find somebody to chasing. and That's what I did. I saw a list of the greats. I said, okay, these are the greats. All right, this is what I'm gonna do. So I had a chart all the way from Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, everybody broken all the way down. And I said, look, I'm just gonna climb this chart. And yeah. I kept, you know, and I, I made it all the way to the top 10, you know, but then, I had other stuff that go on in my life personally that made me just kind of lose the thrill for the game. Mm -hmm. But I always say, okay, look, I want to go to the top five. You know, I made it to number 10, but my interest for the game and personal life kind of got me off of that, you know, where it didn't become important to me. But all my career, I knew what everybody did, when they did it, because I said, okay, the only way you're going to be the best, you got to monitor those guys and you got to do what they do or do better.
3: Oh,
2: big time words right there. No question. Uh, You currently sit at number 13. So that's still, that's still at the top, if you're asking me. When you look at all the elite running backs that have played in the National Football League since the beginning of time, you currently sit at number 13. So that's top notch. Let's go back to one of the best coach teams I think you were a part of. Back in 2005, I mean, you guys were 14 and 2. Had the number two offense in the National Football League, had the number two defense. You had 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns. Uh, does that
1: 05 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers still hurt the most? For well, me, it's like, I don't, I don't, football doesn't hurt me. You know, I'm realistic. I understand that game. We play that team again. There's no doubt that we would beat that team. But the thing is, we play that huh? team. You heard me. I said, there's no doubt that we would beat that team. But the problem is, when you play a team twice, you know, we beat y'all in the...
2: In Monday night, in the regular season.
1: So we beat y'all in the regular season, so it's kind of one of those situations where you kind of let your guard down, you're thinking like you're going to go through this, but y'all came through real hungry. Y'all came through super hungry and... You older. were personal. Yeah, so that's the difference because we had the better team, you know? Really? We had the better team, but y'all played better on that day, you know? It's I, I can look at that game, I know that game, you know what I'm saying, but... It's like you have to be on your shit every day. Yeah. We didn't come motivated. We didn't come through saying, "Okay, this is We had just played y'all, so y'all made a couple corrections, and that and, and, and that that's that's the thing about it. So when you learn from those things, though, you know, because we had a real good team, you know. But yeah, y'all yeah, 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 was stacked. <laughs> yeah. think about this edge. <laughs> that always- team, that offense. <laughs>
2: all- I think y'all had three. Yeah, three Hall of Famers on our. All- you no no. I'm sorry, four.
1: You. Payton, Reggie, Marvin. No, I'm saying that what I'm saying. Like, but y'all can't. That's what that's that's the beauty of the game. Like the beauty of the game is like, man, look, you can lose any day. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, y'all came through like personally knowing like y'all came through with a different intensity. You know, we just we played y'all in the regular season. Y'all came through hitting harder in the playoffs. Y'all came through more focus, you know? And I give I give props to that team. I'm like, man, they came through like it meant more to them and, and the score showed. Yeah, I can
2: tell you this much. When we played y'all Monday night, we were sleeping at the wheel. That's why the playoff game was so personal because we felt, we knew we were a better team, but y'all just got, I mean, y'all caught, y'all got out, out on us quick, uh, a lot of deep plays. I mean, big time splash plays. We just couldn't get out our own way. So when we came back in that, in that playoff game, number one, offensively, we wanted to be more aggressive. Defensively, we wanted to make sure we try to find a way to, to neutralize you. Because when you run into football, Peyton gonna do whatever he wanna do. And Peyton gonna do whatever he wanna do anyway, but it's harder,
1: as you know, trying to stop an
2: elite quarterback when the elite running back is getting off as well.
1: Yeah, y'all y'all was more, that's why I said, man, y'all came through motivated. Like we can agree to disagree yeah. on the better team, but that was one of our better teams that was put together that was both uh, sides of the, that was together.
2: I and, agree with you. Yeah, that yeah, team, so it, y'all was stacked. That that
1: team yeah, right there on defense, y'all was stacked it, both sides. We was a stacked team right then, and that's why I say, man, but y'all y'all came in with a, a, a bigger purpose. And if you look back on that game, you go through that game, you see all the mistakes that we made because it's like, you know, we, we know this stuff that we don't normally do. But my hat's off to y'all because in the NFL, you got to understand that regular season, the playoffs is two different situations. And, I, you know, I experienced that with the Tennessee Titans, you know, mm-hmm. early 1999, you know, we beat them. No, I mean, we, we played them, but when they came and they came hungry, they was hitting a little bit harder. They was doing things, they were a little bit more focused. And then by the time we wake up, it's too late. And it's too the late. Offense, yeah, offensive teams just run out of time. And you know, yeah. one,
2: NFL, it's one and done. You don't get a chance to play again, like the NBA, a, a, a baseball or exactly. hockey. It's one and done. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You, you were part of a culture change in, in college at Miami, we talked about Butch Davis' tenure when you jumped on board uh, with the Hurricanes, kind of helped change that culture. But in the national football, you were part of another culture chain as well. Uh, when you left Indy, you end up going to Arizona. And at that time, Arizona was, you know, very, very inconsistent. Uh, they were in rough shape when you got there. How did you try to create a culture, uh, uh, a, a positive culture there? And I know, you know, you weren't a vocal guy, but clearly, you know, people follow your footsteps based on the success you had at Indy, not just as an individual, but team success. And you were able to kind of change the direction
1: of that organization. How were you able to do that? Well, it's more of, man, people watch what you do, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's more about the way you go about things. Like when I left Indianapolis, my, I, didn't, I didn't leave my, my, my workout or my work ethic or any of that stuff right there, you know, I continue to work, you know, I continue to do the things that I do that help me become successful. And I think a lot of people gravitate to those things. And the mindset is like, you know, when I got there, if you lose a game, it wasn't a big deal to a lot of players. And I'm like, nah, this is not what's up. Like, nah, we, we don't lose, you know what I'm saying? Like, I never been a loser, you know what I'm saying? So this is the first time I got to experience this and it does a lot to you mentally. You know, it, it, losing can break you mentally, you mm-hmm. know? And it can make you say, okay, look, just start looking for excuses and accepting it. And it's like, this not me, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I play ball, I play to win. And you have to have those conversations in the locker room, away from the coaches, around the players and be like, look, dog, this not what's up. And, you know, the good players gonna gravitate to The players that really feel that way, they are gonna gravitate to the losers, they gonna get in these little corners, and they're going to talk about the coaches and the system and this and that. They're going to do all this thing. But the winners, they're going to look for solutions. And mm-hmm. I was about, I didn't come to Arizona just to get a check and just to be part of that losing. You know, I'm like, dog, we have the ingredients. We have everything it take. So everybody needs to do what they're supposed to do.
2: And speaking of, you know, you said people watch, you know, the great ones i like to read a quote from you. I don't know when you re- when you uh, stated this quote, but it's a cool quote and it definitely plays a part in what you just said about working and grinding. You said, it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm in the club. I used to see dudes from the other team and they're looking at me like, ah, oh, all right, it's cool. Edge out here partying too. So it's not a big deal, right? But what they didn't know was I'd be lean back sipping on some cranberry juice, right? In the same type of cup as their liquor was poured in, we leave the club. Everybody else go going to their crib to pass out, but I'm in the gym at three, three, four, five o'clock in the morning by myself putting in work. While they were sleeping, I was grinding. So that just tells our listeners and our viewers the perspective that you had. You know, being able to hang out, party, but the grind never changed. How important was that for you throughout your professional
1: career? it's very important because like it shows a lot of discipline, mm. and you have. To- and like, okay, like, I I believe in omnipresence. Omnipresence is being everywhere. You know, I'm not going to sit up there and put myself in a position where it's like, oh man, I'm not going to go out because, you know, I might drink or all these things, the negative things might come. No, I'm saying I'm going to go out and I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do all those things, but I'm not going to miss my chance of enjoying life either. You know? So... Mm-hmm. Kinda of double dip, you know what I'm saying? I go out there, and I can be around you. I can be there and be fun, have fun with the boys. You know, like when you're in Miami, man. Like it's the off season. Like, like dog, we, we, we put in a lot of work to get here. You know, and the fruits of your labor is nightlife, hanging out, getting with your peers. You know, like we, like me and you, we doing a a Zoom call. We doing a call right now. We still gonna talk about when. You was at FSU and I was at Miami. That's that's part of like you like putting all your stuff on display and you talking about the things we've done to overcome these situations. So it's good to be around that type of energy. Yep. But I don't have to put nothing in my body, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And most people can't do that, you know what I'm saying? Most people can't sit up and say, "Man, shit, it's the off season. Ain't no fucking coach gonna tell me what to do tomorrow, or it's not mandatory." That's when it comes from right here. That's why. it's... That's why I'm a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. why you see, like, dudes sit up there and say, man, look, you have to discipline yourself. You know, I'm a go and I'm going to hang with Uncle Luke. I'm going to hang with Tricky. I'm going hang with everybody in Miami. And we're going to have fun, but I ain't drinking. I don't want to hey. drink. i hot. You know So I'm I'm an athlete, you know? Hey,
2: and that's the thing about the great ones. The discipline is just second nature because you want it so bad. You know what I mean? You want it so bad. You don't have any other options, and that's what you're chasing. And you remember you said earlier you had to chase something. You're chasing the great ones. You had a goal and set a goal set for you, and you were able to achieve that goal because of that type of discipline. When you look at you know Arizona, your time in Arizona, I mean instantly the switch changed. You guys were successful. Uh, you made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, to meet the Steelers again, my Steelers again. Uh, but when you look at that game, EJ, what what would you what What is the biggest what if? Moment to you from that game?
1: Well, you know, that the game itself, I think overall, we, we probably should have won that game. But we would have stayed intact. In like, still has played some good ball. But if you look at that game, you see, like, going into halftime,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: we had, you got to think, that's like a, a two touchdown swing when no question. We, imagine we just get the three, you know, imagine we don't force it, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's little stuff like that. But I think overall, the Steelers, they've been there before. That's what they do. The Cardinals, I think the Cardinals were happy enough to be in the Super Bowl. That's the difference. You know, it's like you look at it a lot of time in sports. The people that are there, that's known to be there, and that's what they do. Like, you see the Patriots, they know they're supposed to be there. They expect to win. You know, the Cardinals, hey, we exceeded expectations you know, we've done this and done that. So a win or a lose, it's a win for us. So it meant more to the Steelers, you know. And it's like those little things that that didn't happen in our favor, those are things that the great teams find a way to do. They find a way to make that play. They find a way mm-hmm. to kind of steal that deal. And if you look at the history of sports, it holds true. The Steelers been there. The Cardinals, like man, we we shit, we was there. You know what I'm saying? We was happy to be there, but this is where this not where we expected to be. There, truthfully, you know what I'm saying, because we put mm-hmm. in a lot of work had the team, but you know it's like kind of like you look at it like a content type of situation.
2: Yeah, yeah, and 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 I can tell you this much, Edge. You guys kind of caught fire at the right time, but like you said, that hist- historically speaking, that was an organization that wasn't used to being in those type moments. So right. sometimes for some organizations, what people don't fail, what people don't realize, some teams just happy to get there. Like yo, we we we. Out kicked off coverage. We overachieved. so it's not about winning it. We just happy to be in the moment that you're currently in. So I understand definitely what you're coming, where you're coming from, uh, uh, saying that. Look at your career edge, man. You had over 300 rushes in seven seasons. Uh, in the past two years, only two running backs uh, per year have had over 300 rushes. So when you look at the running back position right now, currently in the National Football League, you know who are some of the guys you enjoy watching. Cause you were a do it all type running back. You caught the ball well. You ran the ball well. But when you look at the the nature of the running back position right now, you know when you look at some of the elite guys, who who do you really enjoy watching? Who kind of reminds you of yourself?
1: Ah, uh, when you talk about remind me of myself and the guys who I like watching, you know that it goes twofold. But like I like watching Alvin, Alvin Kamara. You know mm-hmm. I like Dalvin Cook. And Davin Cook, I watched him in high school to watch his whole. You know watch him and transform you know because when Florida he was Florida State guy by the way
2: Florida State but
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we sent him down there we was on the probation so we sent him we sent him up as a gift we gave you all a gift but watching that guy play and watch him turn into one of the top guys in the league that's like a beautiful sight. When you get in this position you like you know we deal with the youth programs
3: mm-hmm.
1: and you watch the guys and say and watch him develop and watch him grow up and you say okay that guy has what it takes. I used to watch Devontae for Freeman in high school and say hey yep he has what it take, you know? So when it comes to guys like that, you look at them from a different reason, you know? When I look at a guy that, that kind of reminds me of the way he run, the way he finished, I like Zeke, you know? Mm-hmm. I like Zeke, you know, like, like, he finishes strong, you know, he finishes with that low pad level, yeah. tough, get, gonna get everything out of a run, you know? When I watch that guy run, I say, yeah, he ain't just get, he's he not just, he's not there, you know, he's trying to punish you, you know what I'm saying? So he's trying to finish that run strong. Mm-hmm. So I look at things like that, you know, so it's a lot of great guys, you know, but it depends on what you're looking for, you know?
2: Hey, it's funny you mentioned Zeke because if Zeke had number 32, the same type face mask that you wore, I mean, it it would, you can see the similarities in the running style, the body style, you know what I mean? The measurables, the speed, the quickness, and just the the unique ability to always fall forward. That's one thing Coach Kyle used to tell us all the time. Great backs always fall forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? They always find a way to fall forward to get positive yards. And Zeke has that same uh, element, something that you had. So that's that's a good comparison there, man. If he had number 32 with the same face mask, huh, that, that's a little,
1: uh, ba- baby EJ is what they would probably be calling him. Nah, he's doing his thing, man. He's yeah. Zeke, man. You know, like, shit. You know, every man are their own man. You know what I'm saying? But if I look at it, I, I like, I like his running style.
2: Yeah, two more questions for you before we transition to the superlative part. What are your expectations for the Colts this year, uh, especially with Jonathan Taylor in year two, a bruising type running back, and then adding Carson Wentz? Man, what's your expectations for the team this year?
1: Well, the team, the team has all the ingredients, you know, and that's what it is. You know, they have they have like a, a great defense. You know, they're putting everything together, and the quarterback play, the quarterback, and the receivers mesh that's going to be the difference in the season. The running back, he's already jumped out and showed that he's capable and he's a legit running back. So that's not going to be a problem. But the relationship with the quarterback and receivers, because they're new,
0: you
1: Mm -hmm. know, the defense is going to be the defense. But the relationship between the quarterback and the receivers is what's going to make or break this team because they still got to go through Tennessee, you know. And so the AFC South is – It's gonna be those two teams. It doesn't no question. It's not gonna change. The other two teams, they're not really, they're not there yet right now. You know, so they got too much controversy and the other guy, Jacksonville got new quarterback, all that stuff. So you're expecting the rookie to be a rookie, you know, but but they have to go through Tennessee. And if the quarterback plays well, the Colts play well.
2: So you're saying bold prediction, you're saying bare minimum playoffs should be destined for the Colts?
1: It'd be down. It's between them and Tennessee. That's yeah. Coach Tennessee determines everything. No doubt. It's a two-team division
2: in the, in the, in the AFC South, like you mentioned. So, yeah, the coach definitely yeah. uh, got the makeup to having a, a deep run. Uh, last question for you. Uh, man, you got two outstanding athletic sons. Uh, one of your sons is starting to pick up some uh, basketball offers. Uh, another uh, son is picking up – your other son is picking up football offers. Being the, the Hall of Fame dad that, that you are, what type of guidance are you giving them during this recruiting process for them?
1: Well, for them, for me, is you know, I, I always look at it and I go back to the way I just work all this stuff right here. I think a lot of kids get caught up in, Oh, I'm a three-star, four-star, five-star. That's all like, it's, it's fake. It's a, it's, it doesn't mean anything, you know, you know, it's good for publicity. It's good pat on the back, but just work, you know, you know, just, just, just continue to work. And when it's time you'll know this time and you'll produce. So don't get caught up in, I'm getting recruited or I'm this, neck, or, you can get recruited in eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade. It doesn't matter. you know. It's about what you do and where you end up. you know. So all I want to do is continue to I'll tell my kids, just, man, just continue putting in that work.
2: No doubt, no doubt. So a few questions, superlative part, where I hit you with rapid fire questions, Edge. I want your honest, unbiased answer. We had Santana Moss on the show some weeks ago. We had Antrell Roll on the show. We asked every hurricane player we've had on this show the same question. Miami Hurricanes Mount Rushmore. Who are the four best players to ever
1: play for the Hurricanes? Uh I'm I'm the worst person to ask that right there because you know with, with me is there's so many guys mm-hmm. that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put nobody above the, above the other because everybody does things different you know, what's the situation? You know what I'm saying? That's the way I answered, okay, what's the situation? You know, the mm-hmm. situation kind of determines, you know, what player you put up there. Cause if I got to sit up there and say, I'm going to war with something. Okay, let me know, let me know the situation. Then I'm gonna give you players that fit that mode, you know, and I'm gonna say, okay, these are the guys that can handle that task, but it's some other dudes over there that can handle another task. Okay, so,
2: so, so let's do it like this. Who are the four guys that you believe change the the the, the program? What well, changed the program, you know, like... Put the program on the map. It could have been in the early 80s, mid 80s, 90s, 2000s, but guys that when you talk about Miami football, you don't have a conversation without mentioning their name.
1: Well, man, I'm the wrong person. Now, I ain't putting nobody down, man. Okay. I, you know, I'm not gonna answer that because there's too many guys that some people did things that people don't even understand how important they are to the program.
2: Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. So let me ask you this question with the new, uh, NIL, uh, rules being in place, name, image, and likeness, uh, who would you have been sponsored by in college? If you were able to make money off your name, image, and likeness, who would have sponsored, who, who would you uh, have sponsored you?
1: Uh, name, image, and li- likeness. Um, uh, I don't know. Probably a strip club.
2: <laughs> what, hey, yeah.
1: hey, hey, back in them days, what, the Rolex? Hey, back in the days. Man, Coco's? They wouldn't allow it, but man, like that's the spot that you go. Them the spots you go, you say, okay, somebody that, people that love you, appreciate you, and they know you like cheers, <laughs> You walk in there, everybody know you. Man, that's what I want to sponsor me, man. Go Rush. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair.
2: Uh,
1: I know you're heavy in video games. Uh, favorite video game ever? Oh, I used to like uh, what, NBA Live, man. Like NBA like, Live. Yeah. NBA hey, man. Live. The kids nowadays don't even
2: know why in the NBA Live. It's only two K, but NBA Live used to be that thing back in the day.
1: Yeah, man, he'd be playing with the Phoenix Suns, man. He'd have the Phoenix Suns. He was just wetting that thing all the way around. So NBA Live was my game.
2: Okay, last question for you. We're gonna let you go. Top four rappers from the state of Florida or South
1: Florida? Man, I I don't like to put no top. Man, anybody from Florida, I'm pulling for you. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no top this or top that. Cause when I'm in the 239, I'm I'm I'm. You listen to you know what I'm saying, like I'm over here, shit, trick that, like it. I'm not gonna put up, like, man, I'm all. Oh, but just, well,
2: just tell me, just tell me who you rocking with, like, like you know when you listening, Everything a certain, Florida. a certain vibe. You know what I mean? Who, who you listening to from Florida?
1: Everything Florida, like, I, okay. I, I'm pulling for everybody from Florida, man, cause like I work every area of the state. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't just strictly down here. I'm all around Florida. You know, so when you talk about Florida, man, I'm with Florida because I. I'm speaking that language, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We live life, so anytime you see somebody successful from Florida, like, like, hey, that feel like that's my brother, my cousin, you know, as I feel like a family member, you know, cause we just different, you know. Yeah, any up and
2: coming, uh, any up and comers, people should be listening to or get ready to listen to on the music standpoint when it comes from the state of Florida. Anybody you've been kind of peeping that that the rest of the state haven't really heard about yet?
1: My daughter, Yana J, like my daughter, we have a studio, you can hear about her. She's singing R&B, so, you know, everything with us in house, boy, so get ready. You gonna hear Wow, her. I didn't
2: know that. I didn't know you had a daughter who had the vocals.
1: Yeah, cause you know what? We make a show when it come out, it gonna come out just like Edge. Everything <laughs> expected, you know? Jumping off
2: saying? the porch, jumping off the porch, running.
1: Just like me, you know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta think, nobody knew that I was who I was. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was always who I was. No you question. See? So, so nah, whenever, when her project dropping, when it's gonna drop? In the next couple of months. Right now, I got her. She opening up for like the little baby concerts that we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So she another one on August the 13th. Then she come to Tallahassee to Florida State territory. Yeah, you know, and um, in late August. So we opening up. It's a progression. You know, we're doing everything the right way. But she legit. You know, if I bring it out, trust me, it's going to be right.
2: Hey, man, that's dope right there. That's dope, man. Keep us in the loop with that because, you know, we don't just talk sports on our show. We talk music. We have Fabulous on uh during the season. You know, we had uh Chanel West Coast. So, you know, Master P. So, you know, we we like to highlight all things. Hint the name. All things covered. And before we let you go, Edge, man, you're an entrepreneur. Man, you do a lot that's not football related, a lot that's not sports related. Man, fill the fans in a little bit on what you're doing from the business side of things, man. It seems like you have your hands in so many different things and everything you touch, it hits. Like you said, like your rookie year, you came off the porch running. Everything that you touch in the business side is a big time hit, man. So fill us in a little bit about what you got going on.
1: Well, man, I am like, I I do things that I enjoy, you know, so I'm in the nightlife, you know. Mm -hmm. Of course, I have clubs and I'm I'm part of multiple ventures that that we actually frequent and the things we like doing, you know. So those things right there that that that's a given. The real estate I'm always being in, in, involved in real estate, yep. clothing, Arrow, you know. But if anybody interested in what I really have going on, to truly follow my Instagram because that's what I use it for. I use that platform to actually put everything on display, and and you'll see things that you may be interested in. Some things may make you cringe a little bit, but edge is edge. We live in life, we doing what it take. doing what takes taking, we're doing it right. Yeah,
2: and I think you. one thing you always put on your Instagram, you say, create the life you want
1: to live. I, did I say it the right way? Yeah, create the life you want to live. It's like, you know, it's one of those things, you know, you sit back, it's a mindset, you know, it's like a lot of people, they sit back and wait on something mm-hmm. or they try to look something and they'll alter it or they say, if it was me, I would do it like this and I'm like, hey, Don't wait to. if it was you, make it you, do it right. My lifestyle is based upon all the things that I enjoy, what I like doing and I've created this whole little thing and that's why I'm enjoying my life because I'm not doing things that I don't want to do. And once you create things that you want, you know, you're most likely to be in a happy place.
2: Hey, hey man, wise word coming from a wise man. A Hall of Fame man, by the way, and his Instagram name is at Ezra and James. Man, definitely go follow him. Uh, You can learn a lot, not just from the athletic standpoint, just from the the life, the business side of things. Man, this man's been a success, man, since jumping out the crib, man. So he's doing big things. And check out his daughter as well. She
1: will be opening up. You say for little baby, right? Yeah, you'll see it. That's Iana J at J. You, I mean, you'll see it. You know, like I don't, I don't have to force feed things. You don't have to force feed people things. Yeah. You know, the world will tell you if you're good or if you're bad. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to continue to put good things out, good product out, good businesses out. And the world will tell you if you're good or bad, you know? And that's my philosophy. Hey, 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 I love it. I love it. Man, EJ, man, thank you for joining me here on All Things Covered. Pat
2: Peterson, Brian McFadden, man. A quality sound conversation coming from a living legend who will be inducted into the Hall. Hey, 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 Edge, y'all, are you gonna have the dunk up in Canton? Would you? I know you gonna bring some Florida flavor up to Ohio, man. What you got planned,
1: man? We 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 trying to do something, man. We see we seeing what's up, you know. Like I got it, you know. It's it, it it's ready, you know. It's like <laughs> hey, anything I do, man, the culture's with me, you know. Like I don't do things outside of, you know, my comfort zone. So the dunk is in place, you know. Florida's in place, you know. It's just been a little. It's been a little different because you couldn't prepare the way you prepared before, yeah. you know? And so we made a lot of alterations to kind of pipe down because if it would have happened when it's supposed to happen, it would have been a Florida invasion, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I already know. You know, now we just got to kind of kind of just make the best of it, you know? No doubt, but man. But it's forever. It's immortal. So everything we do is Hall of Fame stamped. Hey,
2: say no more, say no more, man. Hey, man, it's a pleasure, man. Can't wait to, uh, cause I will be in Kent, cause you know we got we got a few, uh, Steelers going in. B B C, dang Donnie Shell, Alan Fanica, and uh, who I'm missing and Troy. Yeah,
1: Troy, 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 Paulimalu. So we definitely we we, we it'll deep, man. So it'd be a good time, man. You oh know no, just,
2: question. It'll be a great time. It'll be a great time. No question.
1: Yeah, no question. No hey,
2: but thank you for joining me, and don't worry. We gonna have that Miami Florida State bet too. So you answer your phone talking about me. don't answer my how phone.
1: Bet, hey, how about you? bet right now? Five thousand. Say bet. So what? I don't I even said, know who my I don't even know who my quarterback gonna be. I'm not
2: gonna make that bet just yet. I said five stacks right
1: now. Say I'm bet. I'm not making. I'm not making. Listen, no, I'm not making and, that bet right now. Tell it, hey, and we coming to Tallahassee. Hey, one thing about it. One well, thing about the hurricane, man, we come with confidence. We already see how you you backing that. It looked, it looked, it looked. No,
2: no, 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 no. <laughs> hey, you got to understand something. Edge, Edge, hold on, <laughs> wait a minute. Edge, we won five ball games last year. So it, it, I'm not saying that we're going to come in and be a uh, real beaters year, the, the second year with our new head coach. But what I'm saying is we're going to compete and it's going to be a different story. But I'm not willing to put that on the line just yet. I haven't even seen us play on the grass yet. We got, we got first game, Notre Dame. Yeah, we can we can reanalyze this when the season start. But we we
1: hey, you said all that to say no bet. That's no, I'm is. not
2: saying we ain't gonna bet. But I'm not saying I ain't jumping out there with five bands out the rip. No, no, I got to see what. And, hey, one thing about one thing <laughs> about gambling, you know this, you know this. You can't be a fool and you
1: can't let pride get the best of you. Man, you the one. With, you, I didn't ask you to bet. You brought it up to me, so I'm just telling you, man. Like you did five racks or nothing, man. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, man. It's good talking to you, man. We link up. Yes, sir. Be
0: safe. Appreciate it. You. you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition.